All right. Where was I? Part two of my epic, spectacular return. Talking about Chadwick Boseman. His performance is just fantastic in this movie. And the tragedy of everything is that he just killed it in the last ten years while he was immensely sick and he put everything on on the screen. So I think he's going to win and I hope he wins. Um, Anthony Hopkins in The Father, very good too. I think in any other year, in a year where the tragedy of Chadwick Boseman's death is, is didn't happen and Chadwick Boseman is alive to give us more great fantastic performances and future nominations I think Anthony Hopkins gets this act gets this gets the Oscar um because he's just fantastic in this and um so I think it's going to be Chadwick Boseman I am pulling for Chadwick Boseman to win so I think and want Chadwick Boseman to win um Stephen Yoon is also very excellent too, but it's going to be Chadwick Boseman all the time, all, all over. All right, so we got actress in a leading role: Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom; Andrew Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday; Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman; Frances McDormand, Nomadland; Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Um, let me go through each of these uh, before I tell you how I feel about who and who should win and who's going to win. Uh, Andrew Day, the United States versus Billie Holiday. She is actually very excellent in this movie. Is the movie great? I don't think so. Um, I think it's got a lot of issues and problems, but. It's a Lee Daniels movie, so that goes without saying. She is very good at it. Um, so I'm glad she was nominated, and I hope that she gets more work as a result of the work she does in this movie. Um, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. This was a very tough movie to watch. Vanessa Kirby is very it's very tough to watch this movie uh, she fucking kills it um it's tough it's tough to watch this movie she's great at it um so i don't know man it's it's tough it's very depressing um but she's great god bless her um Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Viola Davis is a force of nature in this movie. She is fantastic. She is unbelievable. Um, she is great. Is it a leading performance? I don't know. I think uh, the, the movie itself feels like it's more of an ensemble piece. Yes, she's the main woman in it, but she doesn't have the character arc that Chadwick Boseman does. I understand why she submitted, and it's her. Uh, I, I understand why Viola Davis submitted herself in a leading role. Fucking do it. Do it. Um, she is fantastic. Um, listen, she submits it in the leading role. 
she gives the actresses in the supporting role category more of an opportunity to win if, uh, in doing that. So she's doing the supporting actresses uh, more of a chance to win. So I think they all should thank her. Um, but she is very good in the movie. The only quibble I have is that I don't know if it's a supporting... I don't know that it's not a supporting role. Um, Frances McDormand in Nomadland. She... Well, it's Frances McDormand. What are you going to do? She's great. She's won, she, she's won twice before. She's fantastic. She does a lot of silent sort of contemplative acting where you just look about what's going on with her face and she does that a lot she's got one of the most expressive faces out there um excellent understated performance then you got Carrie Mulligan promising young woman Carrie Mulligan should have been nominated three or four times before this she should have been nominated for shame along with Michael um what's his face God, I forgot his name. But she should have been nominated for Shame. She should have been nominated for Wildlife. The What happened to Wildlife, the movie, I will always be angry about. I have no idea what happened, why that movie disappeared. I saw that in the New York Film Festival a couple of years ago. It was fantastic. She was fantastic. The young actor who played her son was fantastic. Jake Gyllenhaal was great. The script by Zoe Kazan and Paul Dano were great. Paul Dano did a great job directing. It was a great movie. It was one of my favorites of that year. And then it disappeared after the after the fucking New York Film Festival and didn't have any sort of theatrical release as far as I could tell. Didn't even have a DVD release. Uh, I don't know what happened to it. I don't know what happened to it. All of a sudden, it showed up on the Criterion Collection as a DVD and I Got that, and I don't know what happened to that movie. Uh, it's a shame. It's one of the best movies of that year. Uh, best movies I've seen that year that it came out. 2018? 2017? Um, and I fucking am so angry uh, about what happened to that movie. Um, Never Let Me Go. She should have been nominated for that. Uh, Carrie Mulligan likes to take roles that are very difficult to to do and are also possibly not entirely sympathetic to the audience um i'm thinking of shame and um and wildlife those two probably are the best performances of the years that they came out but they're not sympathetic people and it's a shame because it's just fantastic she does fantastic work and this is another one where she does fantastic work in here and if I had to choose I feel like Carrie Mulligan I would choose Carrie Mulligan I love Carrie Mulligan I love that she's getting like this recognition for this movie um and I I just enjoy seeing her on screen. She's fantastic. Um, and I enjoy seeing her on the stage because I did see her in the play Blackbird with Bill Nighy. Um, 
So, yeah. So if I had a favorite, if I had to choose, it'd be Carrie Mulligan. Who do I think is going to win? Well, before the SAG Awards, the Screen Actor Guild Awards, I thought this was a shoo-in for Frances McDormand. So, and I would have, my argument would have been like, Frances McDormand has won twice already. As much as I love Frances McDormand and love this performance, Carrie Mulligan has not won at all. And she has not been nominated nearly as many times as she should have. So I would love for it to go to Carrie Mulligan. And I think it should go to Carrie Mulligan. Viola Davis won the SAG Award. So there's this now, like, is it going to be Frances McDormand or is it going to be Viola Davis? So it might be Viola Davis. She might get the award. Uh, Again, I don't know if I would be that upset because Viola Davis is fantastic. The only thing I might be a little bit whatever about is that it's it's more of a supporting role. But if, if I were to choose, it'd probably be a supporting role. Both of them are probably supporting roles because it's more of a... Um, it's more of an ensemble piece. But I get it. I'm not going to quibble over Viola Davis winning and submitting for actor, in a, uh, for actress in a leading role. I'm not going to. All right. So now you got actor in a supporting role. You've got Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trials of Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Paul Rachey for Sound of Metal, Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah. One thing I will point out is I love that Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya both submitted for supporting actors. Neither one of them submitted for lead actor. Obviously, for A, the Chadwick Boseman um, reason. I feel like they want Chadwick. I feel like it's a they, they don't want to put themselves in the mix. They want Chadwick Boseman to sort of be like there. And I think they realize that it's a twofer in this. It's it's kind of they're both supporting each other and it's a it's a it's a it's like two leads, but they're both in supporting. It's like a, a equal equal thing. Um so that's cool. Um I think it's going to go to Daniel Kaluuya, though. He's going to win. Um, and I think that he probably should win. He's great. Uh, a fantastic performance. Um, let me t- talk a little bit about how there's a couple people missing here that I really wish had been nominated. Um, I've talked about Mark Rylance in The Trial of Chicago 7. Um, Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami is great. The four of them were great in it. I wouldn't. Um, I would have loved to have seen Kingsley Benadier uh, nominated for his role in One Night in Miami um, as Malcolm X. I think the two of them uh, are very excellent. I mean, the four of them are great. The four of them are excellent. But I uh, like. I know why Leslie Odom Jr. is nominated because he's the emotional center of the movie. He's got the arc that's the most tragic, other than Malcolm X. He's got the most arc. He's got the song. Uh, you know, he's Sam Cooke. He's got the song. He's got the arc. He's got everything. 
Um, but yeah, Paul Ricci, Sound of Metal. You know, uh, he was fantastic. I love that he was nominated for this. This is awesome. It is awesome that Paul Ricci was nominated for Sound of Metal. It is fantastic. Uh, that's a great performance. Ooh, okay, this is that's a good that's a good group. Talk about a good group. Uh, the next group, actress in a supporting role. You've got Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film, Glenn Close, Hillbilly, Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, um, Amanda Seyfried, Mank, Yu Jong Yoon, Minari. Okay, so I have not seen Mank, so I can't say anything about Amanda Seyfried. I know she's great in it because that's all I've heard. Uh, and I know that Amanda Seyfried is, in general is great, so glad that she's nominated. Um, Glenn Close and Hillbilly Elegy. I love Glenn Close. I think she should have won for, uh, she should have won the Oscar for that movie she did with Jonathan Price, where she's the, uh, the wife of the, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning author. I forgot the name of it, but she was fantastic and she was robbed. Hillbilly Elegy, from what I've Red is a horrible movie for any number of reasons, and uh, I don't know why. <laughs> Listen, uh, I don't know. Like, so let's just like take Glenn Close off the board completely. Um, that's a Shonda. Uh, you so to me, this is a three way race between Maria Bakalova, Olivia Coleman, and Yu Jung Yun from Minari. All three of those performances are on the same level to me. And what's great about the supporting actress uh, field is a lot of times they will go for... It's the most interesting uh, race. They will go for uh, a, a winner that you never... You know, it's like, oh, that, you know, this is the race that will go to Marissa Tomei or to... Uh, somebody out of left field whose performance they really love and sometimes it's uh it's it's the death knell of a career almost because i i look at like well now that we saw that maria mira sorvino career suffered because of harvey weinstein so that's a whole other thing in itself like you know but like what's her name from one flew over the cuckoo's nest she won the oscar supporting a, a, a actress and she didn't really do anything that big afterwards right um marissa tomei she won and it took her a while for her to get the respect that she deserved uh right so uh, lupita nyong'o i thought uh, it was such a lovely surprise that she kept working steadily and thankfully is still around because that's a type of role that people the Oscar will say like oh we'll recognize this role and but then like that's it for her but she is fantastic and I'm so happy that Lupita Nyong'o kind of broke this curse there's a curse uh, there's a little bit of a curse around the supporting actress uh go around but any one of those three I think is a um is a toss-up if I had to choose, I would go with Yu Jung Yoon only because of the story. Uh, she is great in it as the grandmother in the thing. Um, 
And uh, I wouldn't mind seeing her win and her reaction and her speech. It would have been fantastic. Um, Olivia Coleman is great in The Father. She's great in general. She's great in The Father. But she won. I would say, like, the one strike against her is she won recently um, for the Queen. Uh, not the Queen. But uh, she won for the... Um, she won a couple of years ago. But that you sometimes does not stop people because Mahershala Ali won for Moonlight, and then a couple of years later, she he won for uh, Green Book. So that's not necessarily a negative in her column. She could very well win again. And uh, Mar- Maria Bakalova, that is such a fucking great comedy performance, and like everything is out there, and it is fearless, and the whole Giuliani of it. Uh, that's another thing that uh like is fucking uh in her favor um so other than Glenn Close this is a really good field of people um so I'm pulling for everybody even though I haven't seen Mank uh, I know that Amanda Seyfried is in general is a great performer and she does a great job in this from what i hear i will see mank eventually um so i don't know man um yeah it's a great this is gonna be that this is gonna be interesting and it's either that or a supporting actor is one of the first ones they do so it's gonna be interesting to see that okay original screenplay you've got judas and the black messiah you've got minari you've got promising young woman you've got sound of metal you've got the trial of chicago seven I think you know where I stand on this one. I want Emerald Fennel to win uh, because of all the reasons that I've already talked about and because I think it's the most original screenplay of these five. Um, if I had a second favorite and who I think is going to win, it might. it's probably Minari. Um, but again... This is a one that uh, any of these other four win, and I don't think I'd be that upset, except if Aris Oregon wins for the trial of the Chicago 7, which I feel like he's going to. And I would be, like, so upset, considering the other four nominations. Nothing against Aris Oregon. Um, and nothing against that screenplay. But... It's, uh, at times it's unwieldy, I think, because he's still a uh, neophyte director. So sometimes as a neophyte director, he's, he, he's not the best arbiter of his material. I would point to Charlie Kaufman as the same type, where Charlie Kaufman just starting to, you know, uh, he, he's more, he's starting to direct his own material. Well, he's, he's been directing his own material for several years at some point, but... The Synecdoche, New York, I think does not benefit from him, from that being his first movie that he's directed. There's a lot of shit going on in that movie that needs to be reined in by an actual director-director. And I think that Spielberg as a director would have been a better fit for this movie, even though I like the movie. Uh, 
I'm so afraid it's going to win. Death screenplay. God help us. Um, all right. But I'm pulling for any anybody other than uh, Aaron Sorkin for Chicago 7. I would love it if Emerald Fennel if Emerald Fennel wins. I would love it, but anybody but Aaron Sorkin, I'm pulling for because they they deserve it. Uh, adapted screenplay. All right, Borat, The Father, No Man Land, One Night in Miami, The White Tiger, which I have not seen. It's on Netflix too. Um, this one is a toss up to me. Um, I know people were talking about how Borat adapted screenplay. Borat, isn't it all uh, made up and improved? There is a craft that goes into that type of movie that Sasha Baron Cohen and his writers have to be on the ball 24 hours a day, seven days a week when they're making this movie. So God bless it that Sasha Baron Cohen and his writers on this movie were nominated because that, to me means that the the Academy knows what this type of movie entails. So yes, it deserves to be nominated. Uh, the Father is great. No Man Land is another one. One Night in Miami. I don't know. I can't... This is a tough one because... Um, I think that Borat is going to win because of what it means. Um, but something tells me that Nomad, Nomad Land is also going to win. Might win. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think Nomadland is going to get this. Uh, yeah, so this will be an interesting thing. Okay, um, original song. I'm not going to read these. (laughs) Uh, this is, out of all the nominations and out of all the, uh, uh, Like, this is the most uninteresting group of nominations I've seen. I don't know. Like, all right, you got Hear My Voice, Trial of Chicago 7. I don't even remember that um, song. It's at the end, right? Speak Now for One Night in Miami. That's Leslie Odom. Um, Again, I remember the Sam Cooke song, and I remember Leslie Odom speaking. That's okay, right? Song from Judas and the Black Messiah. Song from The Life Ahead. I have not heard that of that movie, so I feel bad about that. Um, I have not seen Eurovision Song Contest yet. That's another one I would like to see very much. It's on Netflix. But I am pulling for Husific to win, only because of what I've heard about this movie and what I've heard about the song. I am pulling for Husific to win. That is my pick to win. That is my wish to win. What I think will win will probably be the One Night in Miami song. Uh, but I am pulling for Husevic. If Husevic wins, I will be so surprised and so happy. Just based on the story of the song and what I've heard of the song. And how everybody loves this song. Um, is uh, Let me see. What else? I think that's it. That's the major awards. Uh, let's see. Sound. Let me touch on sound. Sound. Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. I don't think there's an issue. Uh, I think Sound of Metal should win, and Sound of Metal is going to win. There's no doubt on my mind. Um, let's see. Visual effects. Love and Monsters. 
The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, which I, I don't know if I heard that, and Tenet. That's another thing. Tenet is going to win, hands down, and it probably should win. Uh, if you had any issues with Tenet, and believe me, even though I really enjoyed it, I have a lot of issues with it. I don't think you could, uh, if there's any argument that the visual effects on the movie are fantastic. So, um, yeah. Uh, God bless uh, Tenant's visual effects. Okay. Production design. You've got The Father, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, Tenant. Oh, God. You know what? I'm going to pick the father in this. Who do I want to win? It's probably the father. If you've seen this movie, you know why I'm picking it. Because it's very subtle. The production design in the movie is very subtle. And I don't... If anybody has seen this, I think you would agree that... that, um, I think it's going to go to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. But I would pick the father. Uh, what else? Yeah, I think that's it. I think I've covered uh, the major categories or whatever. Um, I'm going to be filling out my ballot shortly after I'm finished this. And then I'll be watching the show later on tonight. Or I will have watched the show already, if you're listening to this in the future. Um... It's going to be an interesting podcast, uh, podcast, broadcast. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen tonight in terms of how it looks or whatever. Uh, I still do not know why they're having it at Union Station. Um, the Hollywood Bowl is an outside thing. So why not choose that? Why not have it in a couple of different places simultaneously, maybe two or three venues where you could have people sitting in different places so that you're not (laughs) tying up a major metropolitan transportation hub for a fucking awards ceremony. Oy, oy, oy. Okay. Um, All right, so I'm glad I'm back. I'm glad I came back. Um, As I said before, the theme of this season is going to be joy. Um, And so I'm thinking of uh, how to sort of express that theme in in future episodes. I know I still want to do a couple of commentaries they're bubbling up in my brain. I would love to do a commentary on Dr. Sleep. And it was pro- it's probably going to be the three-hour version, the director's cut version, which, uh, you know. So I'd love to do a, a commentary on Dr. Sleep, an episode commentary, multi-episode. And I would also love to do a commentary on one of the Marvel movies. Um, and I am... Uh, pushing towards Captain America Civil War 
because uh, I think especially with the Falcon and the... I said the Falcon and the Snowman. I almost said the Falcon and the Snowman. The Falcon and Winter Soldier just ending. There's a lot of stuff in there uh, that's commentary on. And even WandaVision, there's a lot of stuff that starts there that that could be tied to WandaVision. And I feel like that movie, the Civil uh, Captain America Civil War, was the linchpin movie um, in a lot of what happened after. And... Um, so, yeah, so I think I would love to do commentary on those two movies. The, obviously, their joy, that's expressions of joy that I, I am expressing uh, because I love both those movies. Um, so, yeah, uh, so that's it. Um, to close out this first episode, I just want to go through briefly... Uh, a couple of things uh, that I'm consuming uh, that have brought me joy recently. Um, I am in the middle or close to the end of reading this book by uh, Melissa Mayers. It's called All Right, All Right, All Right. It's the oral history um of Richard Linklater's Days and Confused. Um, it's great. I'm loving it so far. I'm loving it. I just... <laughs> um, yeah, I'm loving it. It's given me a bigger appreciation for Days and Confused. That's that's That that was the first thing. Uh, so right after I'm finished, I really want to go back and, and watch Days and Confused again. I have the credit, you know. Um, but my, there's this chapter in it that's called (laughs) the next Marlon Brando. And it's basically a chapter devoted to everybody shitting on the actor, Sean Andrews for how much of a dick and how much of an asshole he is and was, and, um, how terrible a person he is. And they all want, they were all basically telling him to go fuck himself now and during that time and I don't think I've ever read something that's so raw and so uh, <laughs> so truthful um, and then a few a few chapters later um, there's a chapter called Sean and Mila Meltdown which is basically about Sean Andrews and Mila Jovovich uh, basically screwing themselves out of the movie uh, because of their behavior. I think Mila Jovovich is an interesting character um, for various reasons. I th- think she was mistreated by her mother emotionally, um, and she was definitely mistreated by Sean Andrews emotionally and whatever, because I've, there's a whole personal thing going on between the two of them during this movie. Uh, there's a reason why you have not heard of Sean Andrews if I say Sean Andrews, you're like, huh? <laughs> you know, there's a reason why. Uh, I don't even remember him in the movie. I remember everybody else, a bunch of people, I, I, but I don't remember him. Uh, and there's a reason why. The guy apparently is a big, giant asshole. Uh, but it's great. It's that, that, that chapter is great. It's a pleasure. It was a pleasure to, to, to read 
how much uh how much everybody hated him to the extent that Jason London was, was ready to beat the shit out of him and Richard Linklater had to stop him and say, Listen, you guys are best friends in the movie. I can't have you beating the shit out of Sean because you guys won't work. You can't do this. Um, so, yeah. So that's what I'm in the middle of reading. Um, the podcast I'm listening to right now... Uh, There's there there are a lot, but I want to point out one or two. One of them being um, with Gorley and Rust. It's a podcast with Matt Gorley and, and Paul Rust, where they're ostensibly it's a horror film podcast where they're talking about horror films, horror. <laughs> the accent. They're talking about horror films. They've they've talked about the franchises. They've gone through Halloween. They've gone through uh, Friday the Thirteenth. They've gone through Freddy. They talked about the Alien franchises. Um, and right now they're doing a bunch of one-offs, which is basically 10 movies, 10 horror movies that they've sort of chosen themselves. Um, and they're talking about. And the great thing about their podcast is they call it easy listening. Which is, I guess, the best way to sort of... Uh, Describe it. It's kind of like a warm bath. Like the last couple of weeks. This week, I'm a Patreon, so um, I'm a Patreon member of <laughs> I'm a Patreon for their thing. Uh, a baby Zetamorph. Um, so the last two that I've listened to, which is this week's was Gremlins and last week's was Body Double. It's a three and a half hour podcast. They they just riff. They'll talk about the movie, but they'll just riff and talk about this and digress. And it's so pleasant because the two of them, like Matt Gorley is one of the best podcasters out there. I think him and uh, Paul F. Tompkins are kind of like the gold standard for podcast hosts. Um, but he, uh, Paul Rust and him are just like so comfortable with each other. They just talk back and forth, and it's basically just like two friends, two good friends, just talking about stuff that pops up. They're talking about the movie, but they also talk about stuff in their life and what's going on. And it's uh, it it is such a pleasure to be fans of not only the genre that they're talking about, but of these two people, and they're getting together. And this past year, their podcast has been, like, uh, just a pleasant diversion for everything that's going on. So, God God bless them. And also, How Did This Get Made is another one that I'm a big fan of. Um, so, I can't wait for them to actually get back to live shows with that. Um... They've been doing live shows during the pandemic, but like live internet shows. And those have been great because that's another thing where they'll just like hang out and whatever. The last one was this Friday, Tammy and the T-Rex. God, what a movie. But yeah, so that's what I'm listening to now. I mean, I've listened to like dozens of podcasts, but I just wanted to point out those two. That's what I'm reading right now. Um, And yeah, I'm just trying to... uh, uh, 
trying to be present, man. Just got to keep living. Just got to keep living. L-I-V-I-N. All right. I will speak to you guys later. Be safe. Stay masked. Get vaccinated. So maybe as soon as we possibly can, we can get right back on this horse. And ride on. All right. See you in the next life, Jack.